Hey everybody, Dr. Movie back again. It's Rick. You know that already. Uh, got another movie to talk about here, and boy, is it a doozy. This movie, let me tell you, this is a long-time classic that I never have really had much of a chance to talk about it, but I love this movie. It was my Evil Dead 2 before Evil Dead 2 came out. Matter of fact, I really think this movie is kind of the precursor for all of those roller coaster horror movies they would love from the 80s. Evil Dead 2, Reanimator, the last, you know, three or four Friday the 13th movies from the late 80s, you know, part 6, 7, 8, all that bunch. This one really flies that flag way before those movies even came out. So I'm talking about Demonoid from 1981. My experience with this movie. I saw this in probably 83 over at a friend's house. A bunch of people gathered together. But it came on regular TV. And it came on, I don't know, uh, one of the cable channels back in the day. And when we got into it, we had missed the first of it. Had no idea what it was. Never found out the name of this thing. But it just blew me away with just how crazy this movie is. We were all just stunned watching this movie. And, you know, by today's standard, it's it's wonky for sure. Uh, is it a good movie? No. Is it entertaining? 100% entertaining. I love this movie, man. So, what you got here is kind of the idea of the evil hand, right? It's weird that it's called Demonoid, because it really didn't have anything really to do with that. This has to do with the left hand being the evil hand, the hand of Satan, the hand of the devil. That's what this is about. So when this movie kicks off, you're in a cave with a bunch of people with hoods on, kind of like, and it's obviously back in olden days, where people are, you know, living in a cave, basically. Not that far back, but some kind of... Uh, cult group for sure in here because they're all wearing hoods and one of the people in there starts attacking the rest of them and they pull the hood off of that person and it's a woman and when you realize it's a woman then it starts focusing on her and she is literally picking up people with one hand her left hand and just throwing people around like it's nothing so they end up finally getting a hold of her throwing her against the wall and her clothes fall off. That's pretty convenient. That's, you know, that's the 80s for you. But they strap her to the wall, and they cut off her left hand. And they place it in this metal chalice that's shaped like a claw. And they put that hand in there. And then it jumps to modern time. Modern time, 1981. Uh, and this couple, the Baines family, Mike and Jennifer, uh, have purchased... A mining industry, uh, you know, a, a mine, and uh, they're trying to get people to work down there. They're excavating, looking at everything. Well, it turns out this is the same mine that all this happened in all these years ago. So a lot of the workers who uh, believe in all the rituals and everything are scared to death to work in there because the devil's in there. Well. To get the workers to go back to work, uh, you get a long story of the back history of why they're scared and stuff. And actually, there's an exhibition that 
the husband and wife go and look at, and it's all these mummies, real, real mummified bodies here. And Jennifer, the lady, realizes that they're missing a hand. Just about everyone was missing their left hand. So there you go. Some kind of weird coincidence there, right? Well, long story short, in order to get the workers to work, the boss and his wife go down in, into the, the mine and they fall through a shaft and end up in this torture chamber from wee years ago. And in that chamber, they find statues of a, a devil-type creature that's standing there with a sword over its head. And they find this metal chalice, right? So they take it with them and bring it back outside and they show all the workers, here's your devil, this is what you're scared of, so now you can go to work. And everybody's like, uh-uh, you just proved that it was actually in there. We're not even getting close to that place. So everybody walks off the job, and I think they rehire some more people eventually. But later on that night, husband and wife are at the house, and uh, the husband is feeling kind of down because he spent all this money and feels like maybe it's a foolish idea. Well, the wife goes to bed. The husband gets tore up. I mean, he is tore up from the floor up. He is pretty rough. And while he's drunk, he sets the, the bottle down, picks up the metal casing of the hand, and he opens it up, and it's just dust. And he just pours the dust out of it and looks at the container like, well, that's no big deal. And then he goes and passes out on the bed. And while he's asleep, the hand starts reforming. And it's a demon kind of looking hand. Needless to say, it jumps up on the bed, and... In the form and fashion of, take your guess here, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, or even The Hidden, if you remember The Hidden, this hand is capable of jumping from body to body. So it's not just a hand killing people. It takes over your hand. So it'll grab you, it infuses with you, and now your left hand is now the devil's hand. And everybody that gets it wants to keep it. They don't want to separate from it, even though it's deadly. Uh, so the husband gets the hand and the next morning his wife is trying to find him and he goes out to the mine and he has rigged the mine up with dynamite and there's people still working in there and he just blows it up <laughs> people and everything in there then he just takes off nobody knows where he goes well he goes gambling <laughs> he goes to the casino and he's gambling and He's using the devil's left hand. He's winning all these craps, man. He's piling up the money. It gets so big that it's even in the newspaper how much he's winning. So his wife sees that in the paper. Also, we got a couple of gamblers here who are uh, doing a job here, right? So they, they realize this guy's up to something. And they're wanting a cut of it. They want to know how this is happening. Happens to be the late, great Ted White as one of the characters. Uh, so plays a great role in this. But he, it's, it's Ted White and this lady, and she ends up seducing the, the guy that owns the mine. And they go out to the car, and when they get in the car, Ted White comes out, bashes him in the head, throws him in the back seat, and they drive out in the middle of nowhere. They tie him to a table, and Ted's like, Look, we don't want your money, and we know it's in the safe. We want to know how you're doing this, because we want to make the money ourselves, too, so we can be a partnership. And if you don't tell me, I'm going to cut your hands off. 
They got him strapped across this table, and he's got this big machete. Kind of ironic, right? Big machete. Um, well, out of nowhere, super strength comes into the hand, and he just totally demolishes these two people. And in the process, he learns that the hand is bad, so he's going to try to get rid of the hand, and the hand starts attacking him, a la Evil Dead Part 2, with the hand hitting him in the face and all that stuff. He literally grabs that one woman's face and just crushes it. It's pretty awesome. But he's fighting with his hand, and the hand pretty much pours gasoline all over himself, and then grabs a, a lamp and throws it, and sets himself on fire, and he jumps out the window, and the hand burrows itself down into the ground so it won't be damaged by the fire. Pretty crazy. This is about 30 minutes into it, but it, it takes a little bit to get going, but once it gets going, it doesn't stop, people. This thing <laughs> kicks into another gear. So if that wasn't crazy enough, dude is burned up, looks terrible. Well, they take him to, you know, the hospital to be, you know, presumed dead. Uh, at this point, the wife has finally tracked him down and wants to see the body. And she goes to the priest that did the ceremony for the burial and says, Hey, I, I, want, I want to make sure that it's him. Can we dig the body up? All this kind of stuff. And you get some vague reason. Uh, some distant relative you know, came and said, Yes, that was him. They buried him. Well, while they're having this conversation, they show the gravesite. And dude comes busting up out of the ground like, well, like Jason. Uh, almost like a ninja. I mean, it just, almost like something from Kill Bill. It's just the, the, the casket and everything just explodes and he comes flying up out of the ground. And they send a cop out there because they found, you know, the, the, they, the, the priest and uh, Jessica, Jenny, sorry, Jennifer, go out and, uh, look at the gravesite, and she's explaining, nobody dug this up. This was busted out of. So they call the cops out there. A uh, dude named Leo shows up, and he drives out there. He's a friend of the priest. And he goes out there, and he hears a noise, so he gets away from the squad car. And while he's away, this corpse that's been burned alive, which still has the hand on it, goes over to the cop car, puts its hand inside the car door and starts slamming it to chop the hand off. The hand is wanting to get away from the body. So it has rejuvenated the body long enough to try to get loose. So you can imagine when this cop comes back to his car, <laughs> there's this burnt body leaned up against the door, face, you know, face into the door with its half arm stuck into it with the rest of it cut off. Well, needless to say, you know how this goes. This hand jumps from person to person more than a Kardashian. It's just, the rest of the movie is just from person to person. It goes from Leon to, and Leon, because he's a cop, goes and kidnaps Jennifer and takes her to a plastic surgeon with him because he wants to have his hand cut off and given to her because she is the owner of it because it's a curse. I know. I, does it make sense? I don't know. But that's what you're getting. So... <laughs> He's in there, and they're using a laser to cut this hand off. This is, you know, 81. This is pretty cutting edge. Yuck, yuck. And uh, while this is going on, the hand doesn't like it. hand gets crazy, starts attacking people. Uh, the hand kills Leo. Then in it, jumps and grabs the doctor. Doctor gets possessed. 
his hand is now the strong hand. It just it just keeps going. So it's jumping from person to person. Uh, the nurse gets killed. Jenny gets free and takes off running. And the doctor runs out and jumps in his Cadillac convertible and takes off. And the rest of the cops are coming for some reason. I don't know how they knew that something had happened, but they're rushing to try to help. <laughs> and this doctor is driving his Cadillac beside a set of railroad tracks and he stands up on the car while it's still moving on the door grabs the side of the train and he's riding the train now with this big grin on his face you can imagine at the age of 13 which is I'm just going what in the heck am I watching here well he thinks he's got away but he ends up getting knocked off the train and while he's laying there he reaches his hand across and cuts his hand off with the railroad tracks, you know, where the train is coming across. And the hand slithers away under the train and climbs up and grabs one of the, the carts and rides off on the train. And I gotta say, some of these effects, even though it's goofy as it is, some of these effects, I'm looking, I'm going, how did they pull this off? Because this looks really good. And I think that's what's always blew me away about it. Because, you know, the hand movies, you, you're going to get some goofy stuff, right? And But this it, it really works. And I'm really impressed with, with some of the effects here. So, we get past that. Uh, the hand comes back to, to attack the lady. Uh, and she ends up teaming up with, with the priest. And they kind of are trying to figure all this out. So the priest ends up taking her in and letting her stay somewhere outside, maybe the parsonage or whatever, the church. Says, you'll be safe here, all this kind of stuff. Well, the hand shows up at the church, right? It showed up at her place, knew where she lived. Even though it jumped on a train, it has a great sense of direction. <laughs> and uh, comes back to her house, chases her out of the house. Actually, when the priest comes and picks her up in the car, it jumps out on the car and rides on the back of the car all the way back to the church. That's what happens. And uh, this this is crazy. I mean, so now we got the showdown, right? And you kind of get this. There's there's definitely a, I'm borrowing a little bit from The Exorcist here in this movie. Uh, it's not an, an exact ripoff, so it doesn't fall into that category of, you know, the, the bad versions of The Exorcist. But it does borrow from it for sure. Uh, as you can imagine... The hand is trying to kill the girl. Priest gets in the way. It gets in the priest. And now the priest has turned on her and says, in order for me to keep this hand, I have to kill you. And so he proceeds to try to kill her. And they have a showdown. And he ends up running the hand through this, it's like a wrought iron stained glass divider that they use for either confessions or something. But he rams his hand through there. And at this point, this is where something really weird happens. He's holding out the hand through the glass, through this wrought iron type deal. And it almost hypnotizes her. She's got a big knife in her hand. And for some reason, she gets all googly-eyed. And she walks over and she lays the knife in the hand. So she's possessed somehow or tranced by it or whatever. Well, the priest grabs the knife, pulls it out of the way and says... Don't worry, my child. Death is only a passing. And she lays her head in the hand. And the priest raises the knife. 
like he's going to stab her in the back of the head or in the neck. Well, she moves her head, and he rams the knife through his wrist. So now the hand is captured between this wrought iron fixture and the knife, and it can't fit through, so it's stuck on this other side of this divider. And then the priest says something we all want to hear in our lifetime. Jenny, get me the blowtorch. <laughs> Jenny, get me the blowtorch. That, that's iconic. It should be a movie phrase we should use forever. Needless to say, he stands there and burns his hand down to nothing. And they capture what's left of it, the ashes and everything. They put it back in the canister and they drive out to the ocean. They throw it in the ocean. He does a blessing over it. And everybody goes home. Right? So, uh, there is a a twist ending to this that I don't want to give away because I do want you to watch this movie. It's on Tubi, so you can watch it for free. I, but yeah, the the ending of it, it almost ends like a giallo, if you know what I mean. It's, it's going to end like those crazy Italian movies where it's just an abrupt ending. It's pretty dang awesome. Anyways, you need to check it out. It, this movie is in that sweet spot. It's like, you know, before we got to the real 80s horror movies, right? This is this is that sweet spot where it still kind of looks like the 70s. You still got an orchestra doing the score. You haven't gotten into synthesizers and drum machines just yet with this stuff. So it's that 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 transition time there. Like, uh, well, your first Friday the 13th. It falls right into that time piece. So it has that kind of look, that kind of feel, which I really like because it's, it's just this side of guerrilla filmmaking, it, it's not, you know, 8mm, 16mm, nothing like that. It does have a sheen to it, but you can tell we are still working with low budget. But this is done really well. So I I can't say it enough. Uh, if you will, check this movie out, or if you are a fan of this movie, let me know. Give me some comments. I, I just, I think it's a it's a fun movie. It's not for everybody, I'll give you that. But if you're looking for a movie that's just fun and entertaining, and you kind of go, you know what? For the time, these are some pretty awesome effects. You need to check this one out. So there you go, folks. Demonoid, 1981. Go knock your socks off.